to the Injured List Podcast, your source for all sports injury topics. For the weekend warrior to the sports fantasy guru, we keep you in the action and out of the injured list. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of the Injured List Podcast, Brian Scott. What's up, everybody? This is your host, Brian Scott. Welcome to another edition of the Injured List Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Very special episode. As usual, we have a special guest, one of our newest sponsors, TransitioningVeteran.com. Their spokesman, their owner, their creator, Steve, is going to come on and speak with us and give us some very helpful tips and information regarding service members who are looking to transition out of their active duty military life and back into civilian life. No greater resource than this gentleman's website. Um, He's a senior airman, retired United States Air Force E-4 level security forces from 1999 to 2003. He did a tour in Saudi Arabia in the summer of 2001, just before 9-11. Since he left the military, he's gone on to receive a bachelor's and master's degree in counseling and currently works at the state level as a veteran affairs counselor. He is a military blogger, former writer for the Military Times, a veteran advocate, son of a Vietnam veteran. And like I said, he is a state veterans counselor who helps veterans transitioning uh, out of the military into civilian life, also helps them basically look for work uh, and use a lot of the other uh, resources, whether it be uh, disability, counseling, healthcare, um, GI Bill, Uh, He does it all when it comes to helping veterans use the resources and tools that are out there available to them once they get out of the military and transition back to civilian life. So he's a treasure trove of information on this topic. His website is currently in the midst of being uh, renovated and updated, but it's still a very good, useful resource where you can find a lot of his old blogs on various topics related to these resources and stuff that we're discussing today. So I want you to stay tuned and come check out the interview. We're going to go to a commercial break real quick, and then we'll come back with Steve from TransitioningVeteran.com. After that, hang out. I'm going to be doing my guest appearance on Devil's Advocate Sports Talk live with my good friend and host, Abe Delgado, and we'll be talking about the most recent sports injuries, and the NFL Week 15 injury updates as well. So stay tuned for that. That will follow the interview with Steve. Um, Thanks for joining us once again. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, this is Sean Colas with the Perkins Island Creamery. 
We are the premier coffee, ice cream, and dessert bar in the Charlotte metro area. We're thrilling people with our amazing interior design, our incredible customer service, and the quality of our offerings. We have a beautifully designed 1920s mercantile-themed monochromatic throwback where people feel excited by their surroundings and blown away by their treats. We're great for business meetings, families, couples, and you. Ask about our room rentals for meetings, events, or parties. We're nestled next to the Concord Mills Mall behind Verizon and in the same building as McAllister's in Concord, North Carolina. Hey, if you're in the area and you're listening to this right now, get in your car, drive over to the Perkentile, mention that you heard us on Brian Scott's amazing Injuryless Podcast 2020 and receive 25% off your purchase. Hey guys, are you looking to avoid injury when it comes to your finances? Talk to a professional who can help. Whether you are looking to get your financial house in order or simply looking for that second opinion, visit TrustTreeFinancial.com and schedule your free virtual consultation. Once again, that's TrustTreeFinancial.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Steve, owner of TransitioningVeteran.com. Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started with this website once you uh, transitioned out of the military? Yeah, basically, I, I was in the military, uh, United States Air Force Security Forces from 1999-2003, following my father's footsteps, who's, uh, who was a Vietnam veteran, uh, God rest his soul. Um and when I separated from the military, I just basically I learned that um, there's a lot of information out there for us veterans when we get out. Um, federal information, information from the feds, state, um, county, town, local communities. Um, so I just started plugging away, finding all this information online, and realized to myself that if we just had it in a central location, it would make it a lot more. Um, useful for us veterans to get out and then find this information, you know, in one place instead of searching for it for months like I did. And so that's essentially what your website does. You kind of uh, conglomerate all these uh, different resources and provide uh, articles and blogs on different topics relating to the services that are available to veteran veterans and current enlisted members who are now getting ready to transition, correct? Absolutely. And, um, this is information from a veteran for veterans. So, you know, some organizations may be out there who aren't a veteran themselves, but they're putting the information out there, which is, you know, s still good information. But, you know, I lived it and I, I went through it myself. So I use this website as also a site for me to share my experiences separating out of military, good, bad, and, um, you know, my ups and downs and struggles. And, and, um, so I really give, uh, you know, my followers, a reason to follow me because I'm sharing personal information with, with them as well to get them, you know, comfortable. And, and does the military provide any types of these services to enlisted members prior to them being uh, let go from their service? Yeah, they actually do. They actually do transition assistance, which when I was in in 2003, when I got out, um, I think it was like a two week thing. But at the time, you know, you're young, you're mature, you just want to get out. So you kind of close your ears. If I had to do it all over again, um, I would have went there with pen, paper, note, notepad, and probably a recording device. Um, because there is a lot of good information that they do give us before we get out. 
Um, how is that spread out? Over, how is that spread out over the two weeks? Is it uh, like a few lectures throughout the day? Is it like two straight weeks of nothing but transitioning information? Or yeah, I would I would, I would actually say that at the time it kind of was a little rough for us because you know again yet you you're young you're at that moment where you're ready to get out, and they kind of bombard you with this for two weeks. So you're going in there for like I think last I remember it was like a full day of oh. just having people coming in from different departments and um, organizations and stuff and speaking to you. And, you know, your mind's not set on listening to every word these people say. <laughs> sure. So, it, you know, and then you get out in the real world and you realize, wow, uh, okay, what do I have to do? Um, so that's why I would say one of the first steps to do uh, before you get out is to start planning. And so um, what, the, what basically does that entail? Well, I would start by saying, give yourself a couple of years before you know you're going to separate. If you know you're going to be separating two years before you get out, start planning. It's never too early to start planning what your future wants, you know, you, what you want your future to be. Uh, planning as in asking yourself questions. Now, um, I was at some point, uh, I was a military writer for Military Times. I actually had my own um, uh, section based off of my website, which is just strictly about transitioning out of military. So one of my articles I actually wrote, uh, which was actually just creating a transitioning checklist, uh, 10 really good questions to ask yourself, um, or something to this effect, which is what I have in my article. Um, do you have the initiative to become a transitioning veteran? You know, not many of us actually think of what it entails to leave the military. You, you know, you're going through the military that they tell you, when, when to do something, where to do it, how to do it, and that's that, and you do it. Um, so you're kind of a little bit of a machine. So you got somebody telling you who, what, where, when, and why to do it, and you do it. When you get out in the real world, uh, it's all up to you now. You now have to find yourself the information, the resources, and have to figure out what I need to do, what steps I need to do just to get myself going again. Um, you know, uh, another question to ask yourself is, have you taken advantage of transition assistance program? Uh, piggyback on what I said, if I had to do it all over again, I would have went there and listened a lot better. Um, it really take, took the advice that all the, the key speakers um, gave us. Um, it's an it's a extremely beneficial program, and it's gotten a lot better through the years from what I've gathered from the new groups that are coming out today. Yeah. And, you know, that's only going to help us when we do get out later on. Um, another question is, have you received and looked over your DD-214 for errors, medals that should be on your DD-214? Something very important. Our DD-214 is basically our lifelines benefits. If we come out of that military with errors and incorrections, um, we could have difficult times trying to get those benefits. Um, I had experienced that myself. A medal that I received, um, the Expeditionary Medal, was not listed on my DD-214. Thank God I spotted that, went over to the office. Um, I forgot what office it was again. Um, went over there and spoke to them about it, and they, you know, I had to provide the evidence, the um, certificate, uh, my medal certificate. And, of course, they then put it on the um, on my DD-214, which, again, that only helps you when you get out and to go for certain benefits. Now, when you say benefits, um, are you talking like educational benefits for GI Bill stuff? Are you talking health care yeah, benefits for the VA system? Yeah, it, all the above? Yeah, or? 
Yeah, absolutely. It can help towards uh, education. It can help towards uh, property taxes, um, depending on what state you're in. Um, it can help you with disability benefits. Um, it's important to have all that stuff on your DD-214. Not only that, but you earned it, and it should be on there. And um, so make sure your DD-214 is up to par before you, you separate from the military. Make sure the medals that you were, you earned are listed on that form. Sounds like this is basically the summary of your time spent in the military. Is yeah, that absolutely. basically what this form kind of translates into? Absolutely, yeah. And it's um, it has extremely important... Um, information on that. If you ever want to go back in the military, there's actually a code in there that tells the recruiter um, if you could go back in. And um, so there's a lot of key features to the DD-214. It's the most important piece of paper you will ever receive in the military. So um, I know a lot of Vietnam vets, um, you know, my father didn't have an issue with that. But we actually did have to go and track down his DD-214, get an extra copy just to make sure everything was legit. Um, but they actually, on their, his DD-214 back in the day in Vietnam, they actually didn't put down that he was in Vietnam. So they actually put on another form. Um, so that's when we actually had to, you know, get it corrected. Um, so very important. And does that, are you issued that when you first are enrolled and enlisted, or is this something that you don't get until your time is done and you're about to leave? Yeah, that's that's you don't get it until until you're done and you're about to separate. Then all that all that information is filled out. So that's important to know for anybody that may be thinking about enlisting that that they shouldn't expect to see that until their time is done. Yeah, absolutely, and that's you know, and something I learned myself because I didn't know much about the reserves and the National Guard, but reserves and the National Guard, they'll receive a DD two fourteen when they get. Um, uh, activated, which is something that's important again too, because again, it's it all helps out with benefits down the road. So you want to make sure if you're supposed to have one, you get it in hand. Um, another question you might want to ask yourself is: uh, Have you been saving money for transitioning? Uh, again, like I said, you, when you leave the military, you're not they don't hand you a fifty thousand dollar check and say, "Hey, thank you so much for your service. Um, here's a little cash to help you get started." Whatever you have in your bank account, that's what you got in your bank account. So you better start saving your money two years in advance at least and um, just have a stash of cash uh, ready to get going. Um, also, another good question is, do you know what state you will begin civil civilian life? You know, obviously, nowadays, with the pandemic going on, but, you know, the cost of uh, living and everything, you want to try to see where, you, where you're going to wind up. Uh, you want to go back home to mom and dad? you want to go to a different state? Well, there's different taxes and, you know, fees and other things and, you know, heading to another state. So it's just a, a good idea to start thinking of like uh, where you might want to wind up. Um, another good question is thinking of attending college with post 9-11 GI Bill benefits um, or any education benefits. Uh, listen, you got, you got the post 9-11 GI Bill benefits. Do not let it go to waste. One of, one of the, the biggest mistakes of your life you will make. Um, speaking of so many Vietnam vets, I've heard from them. They said they wish they never, you know, let the money just go by. And because um, once it go, once it's once it's done, I think you have 13 years to use it, unless that changed. Um, you used to have 10 years to use the regular GI Bill, and once that's gone, that's gone. They don't give that option to uh, use it again. So, and go that's to strictly college. towards uh, education. 
yeah, yeah. But it, it could also be for uh, on-the-job training. If you go to uh, police academy, you can collect a GI Bill for OJT. Um, if you decide to do like, uh, you know, not like your traditional college, uh, you know, with a degree or whatnot, you can get your, your education benefits for that as well. If you decide to do like, let's just say like HVAC or mechanic, or some type of like training. vocational training. Yeah, yeah, voc yeah, vocational training. If if you look to do something like that, again, the GI Bill will cover it. Um, so it's it's very important, and not only that, but if you go to school, you get a bachelor's degree, okay, or something, it's going to just make you more competitive in the employment sector, especially today. I mean, nowadays everybody's walking out with a bachelor's degree. So depending on what field you want to go into, you. you don't let your, your post-911 GI Bill go to waste. Let's just put it that way. Don't don't sit there and say, okay, I got a good job. I'm just going to forget about it. You even have the opportunity to pass it on to your children, too. So think about that as well. Yeah, I mean, um, there's, no, there's no reason to pass up free college tuition. I can tell you that from experience. If I had the option of having yeah. a paid-for college tuition, I would have jumped on that in a heartbeat. Exactly, and I wasn't the most, uh, you know, school-loving kid at the time when I was younger, and um, now I can sit here and say I did six years of college and I have a master's degree. I would have never thought I would have ever had that. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You grow up and you realize you got to do what you got to do. Um, another good question is I uh, thought about where you will work. Again, start mapping out you know what you want to be in life, what you want to do. Um, if what you did in the military is something you'd like to carry on in the civilian sector, you still have to look into what the civilian sector is going to want you to do. Um, for instance, let's just say you're a diesel mechanic in the military. Um, well, on the outside, they might say, oh, that's great. Or you worked on submarine engines or something like that, whatever. Um, but in the civilian sector, they might want you to have that college degree. So just because you did something in the military doesn't mean that civilian sector is going to you know, take you by it. You know, take you in right away and say, "Oh, wow, you got that military experience and you did this." Okay, yeah, here's a job. It's it's not like that. You still have to sometimes have a college degree, vocational training, certification. You still might have to do a little bit more when you get out to continue the the career field that you were in in the military. And will that um, that G, GI Bill will be? You can use that for stuff like that. Like, let's say you need to go undergo some specialty training or some type of uh, certification. That maybe doesn't require a college degree, but maybe requires some type of special program to go through. You can use the GI Bill for that stuff. Yeah, and well, I mean, obviously, always contact the VA and just find out through them because sometimes there might be like limitations. There might be a certain amount of hours that you have to have, you know, put in in order, you know, um, to get the money. But I'm I'm pretty sure, yeah, it'll it'll cover just about anything with education. Um, another good question is, uh, you know. When you get out, one of the things that veterans don't or may not realize that they can apply for right away is unemployment insurance benefits. Um, you most definitely can. You're separating from the military. It's not like you get fired or anything like that. So one of the best things to do, and don't sit there and think like, oh, you know, unemployment, I don't, I don't need the money. Just get out, you know, apply for unemployment benefits at the state that you go to, that you move to. And that gives you some time with some income coming in while you sit there and maybe need a little more time for planning. 
Uh, I did it myself, and I know many others. Now I work, I'm a, you know, a State Department um, employment counselor for veterans. So I see the vets come in all the time, Vietnam vets, and, you know, um, but most importantly, the younger vets, they're coming out of the military, fresh out of the military, and they apply for unemployment benefits. It's there for you. Take advantage of it. If, if they, the government didn't want you to take it, then they shouldn't have even started the whole unemployment insurance benefits. But it's there. So take advantage of it. Come out of the military. Sign up for that. While you're trying to map out and plan what you want to do next, you got a little bit of income coming in. Yeah, I mean, right. it sounds like this is a tool that they put in place in order to help that transitioning process, and I don't think people should feel guilty about using it. I think uh, yeah. if you're in the military and you're transitioning back to civilian life, uh, use all the tools and resources that are available to you. You've earned them, and they're there to help exactly. you with this process. So I think it, you're right. They should do it. it exactly. we got to take advantage of these programs. I mean, the government set them up for us to use, so use it if you need it. That's it. Don't don't feel guilty about it. It's there for you. And no one's saying this um, is a long-term solution. This is just to help you get established and get your feedback exactly. on the ground and make that next transition in your life. Exactly. Not not many of us get out with the job lined up right away. I mean, again, that's even another thought, you know, process. Like going back to, um, you know, thinking about where you will work, it never hurts to start applying to jobs before you get out of the military. Don't wait till you get out, you know. Start applying and see see if resumes if your resume is going to get looked at. See if you're going to get noticed at all. See if you're going to get opportunities for interviews. It does it does not hurt. I mean, <laughs> uh, so start it basically put out feelers to see if maybe you got to tighten up your resume. Maybe you got to you know oh wait a minute they replied back to me but they said oh we're sorry but you know we're looking for somebody with a bachelor's degree you know so it gives you an idea to say okay well. Maybe I'm not ready to just jump in the field yet. This person just replied back to me and said I need a bachelor's degree, so let me start planning on using my GI Bill and going to school. So um, that's that's a brilliant idea, and there's a lot of guys that are doing it. There's guys, there's a lot of guys that take the police uh, exams. You know, mm -hmm. they take, they fly in, they take the police exam, they fly back to wherever they're stationed, they finish up the tour of duty, and then next you know, they separate and they find out, oh. You know, you're going to start the academy in a, in a month or so. Perfect timing. So start taking advantage of all that. Um, and that, that well by doing out. that, they haven't necessarily cut themselves off from any of those benefits that are available to them, correct? They still have the access to the GI Bill, post 11 GI Bill. They still have access to all the disability benefits as well. Maybe not the unemployment ones per se, but just because they've made arrangements and they've got something lined up when, when before they leave, that when mm -hmm. they get home and they start doing their civilian life again, if they have something lined up, they haven't necessarily broken or knocked down that bridge, correct? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, the benefits are there. So it, it, if you start working right away, a lot of guys, we forget sometimes, we forget about what's all out there for us. And we think like, okay, I'm established. I got a job. Let me just go about life, you know, but there is other benefits and that's like my that comes down to my last question thought about other benefits out there for veteran for veterans besides what the VA provides well starting with the VA you know there's also disability compensation benefits if you were injured if you you know um sustained an illness while in service or if um aggravated uh you know illnesses or symptoms were aggravated during military service um 
there's disability benefits that you can apply for and that, that can help you out. Um, so there's that. There's also local nonprofit organizations. There's tons of local nonprofit organizations that are ready to help vets out. Um, I know vets out here, they just, they got a house provided for them. Um, you know, not, not everybody's on the same page and not everybody's doing great in life. You know, people hit bumps and, and struggles at times. And uh, the good thing is you don't have to always rely on the government politicians because there's fantastic organizations out there ready to help vets out uh, with other benefits. So that's just something even, um, you know, help. So they help out with housing. They'll help out with financial hardships. They help out military families uh, that might be having uh, issues. They help out with counseling. Um, they help out with, uh, you know, older vets uh, driving to locations, uh, getting to their VA appointments. Um, there's so many other transitioning issues that other nonprofit organizations, you know, can help vets out. So when you get out of the military, even though you, you may get established right away, Think about the other benefits out there that could possibly help you in a different type of way. So maybe everything's going great with your job, but maybe you're having issues. Uh, you know, you could use some free counseling. There's peer support groups out there for vets. Um, so, I mean, take advantage of all this stuff. It's it's there. And don't, do not ever feel bad for it. Do not. It's, it's, provi it's there for you to... Um, <clears throat> You know, use and utilize. If we don't use and utilize these benefits, if we don't use these services, um, they're going to go to waste. They, they're going to shut them down. Government's going to shut down things. Organizations, pro, pro, nonprofit organizations will shut down because nobody's using the, the services. So it's there for us. Take advantage of it. Use it. That's what they want to see. And Steve, um, you mentioned... Um to kind of segue, use uh, what you mentioned previously here as a segue, you mentioned um, the disability benefits for any prior injuries you may have sustained or any health problems that you were dealing with. And, you know, people are probably listening to the podcast and they're like, why in the world, Brian, at the injured list, would you have on not only a, a military website uh, as a sponsor, but why would you even bring them on the show to talk about stuff that doesn't necessarily apply? Well, I'm here to tell you that it actually does. And yeah. one of the ways that it does is, number one, as I've mentioned to a lot of my listeners, is I'm an active healthcare practitioner. I still work nine to five, Monday to Friday, and take call. I'm actively treating patients in the office and doing surgeries. And I don't just do sports injuries, which is the subject of our podcast primarily, but I deal also with a lot of the general population. But being here in North Carolina, we see a huge active and yep. enlisted military uh, group of patients. We also see a lot of reservists who uh, live in the North Carolina area and the state. Uh, there's a very large military presence down here with some major military bases not too far away from where we are. And so yep. uh, who better than to have on the show giving us some information to help some of our listeners and to be a sponsor? And not to mention... Um, uh, a lot of the injuries that the soldiers and enlisted uh, military armed forces people sustain are very similar to a lot of the stuff that the general population has. And I feel a lot of times that um, if they are not established uh, well into the VA system, they sometimes have a hard time navigating where to go, how to get best treatment done. Sometimes they let things kind of fall at the wayside because they're not sure if they can be seen and treated by us or if they have to go strictly to the VA. And I will tell you that a lot of times patients are able to go back and forth freely between the VA 
and the private medical offices where we see them. Yep. Um, and a lot of times the care becomes exponentially greater because of that resource that's available to them. And so if there's yep. something that we cannot provide them or that uh, for some reason we don't treat, um, we work hand in hand in conjunction with a lot of the VA physicians. A lot of times there is communication directly back and forth between us, the patient, and the VA. And if there's something that we can't do for them, then the VA is usually really great about stepping up and getting the patient what they need and vice versa. So the, the system um, is a lot better than what it used to be. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe you can speak to that a little bit. I know there's been a lot of change within the VA system. Have you noticed with uh, a lot of the people transitioning back to civilian life, has there been a lot of change within the VA from what you can tell? Well, <clears throat> I'll go back to my father, who was a Vietnam veteran, um, and he would have never stepped foot in the VA back then. Um, that's just how it was. It wasn't a place he wanted to go. And a lot of times, you know, they joked around that you go in there, you may not be coming out. Um, the VA has gotten much, much better through the years. And actually, when I took my father um, to go get put in for benefits, um, because symptoms that he had was related to Agent Orange, I said, it's time to go and get checked out. Um, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't sure at first, but then I finally, after I applied for disability uh, benefits, he finally agreed to, okay, yeah, let's go. And you know what? He was thankful for it because... When he walked in there, he realized that the VA was different. And what he had thought back then when he came out of the middle, uh, out of, you know, what he had thought is things were still the same, like from when he came out of the, you know, Vietnam. Um, but he realized quickly it, it wasn't. It's gotten much better. So, you know, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big perspective coming from a Vietnam veteran. Um, if, if they sit there and say today that, um, the VA is different, and it's 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 gotten much better compared to what, you know where it was back then. Uh, it says a lot, and it has. Um, they do do a lot nowadays to try to get the word out to vets um, about disabilities and stuff um, and benefits. Uh, the website's gotten much better. Ton of information on there. They're now on, um, you know, all, all your social media accounts. They're posting new stuff about new benefits or what changes are coming along. Um, so, it, you know, is is there still work to do? Yeah, absolutely, because it's not perfect. It's, it's definitely not a perfect system. But it's it's not only that, but it's actually it's it's gotten better than the fact that a lot of the younger guys now coming out, they're coming out with already having put in for disability benefits even before they get out of the service. I, I don't recall any of that, <laughs> mm -hmm. of any of that going on um, when I was getting out back in 2003. So I think with, um, with the wars kicking off and a lot of vets getting injured, um, and it's, again, I just want to tell you, your listeners, it's not just physical. A disabled veteran is not just a veteran who is physically disabled. Um, it's also, you know, mentally Okay, we, 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 we deal with disabilities mentally as well. Yeah, the, the, um, psychological, so times, uh, the psychological effects, I absolutely. think, uh, have been well documented and um, well appreciated within the medical community. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think that as uh, uh, technology and social media advances and as more things become global uh, with regards to that uh, and wartime stuff and military service, I think people are now starting to realize just how significant <laughs> 
uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, amongst yep. many uh, other things, uh, can affect the psyche as much as it can affect the physical person. I mean, um, yeah, and it's not—it's not even just PTSD because a lot of times, right, off, right off the bat, it's oh, you're a disabled vet. Oh, you see war, PTSD. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> Not just that. I mean, guys are suffering from anxiety. They're suffering from uh, uh, emotional stress. They're, de they're dealing with a lot of psychological um, disorders due to military service. Sexual, uh, you know, um, what was I going to say? Um, you know, this uh, sexual abuse and stuff that's been going on. I mean, that's that's been going on for years. So what do you think uh, a woman coming out of the military is it PTSD? Yeah, it could be PTSD, but they, she she could also be suffering from other, you know, psychological issues. Sure. So there's a, it's not a disabled veteran is not just a veteran uh, who may be missing a leg or something like that who's physically injured. You know, it, it's also psychological and it's, it's other disabilities. Um, yeah, I totally agree, and I think we're really they, they starting to appreciate that more. That. Yeah. 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 I think, so, I think our I mean, listeners. Uh, are, are becoming more aware of that, uh, like I said, with the growing uh, use of uh, technology and social media, you see a lot more stuff now uh, being posted online, a lot more uh -huh. video of actual combat and things kind of behind the scenes that you probably wouldn't see years ago. Um, that kind of gives a firsthand perspective on just how th crazy things get, especially in those front, yeah, and, the guys on the front and I'm line. Just curious, I'm just curious, Brian, have you ever had a patient come in and, you know, you go, oh, so what brings you today and stuff? And then that person tells you, oh, you know, I got these injuries and this and that. And they tell you, oh, by the way, I'm a veteran. Does that make a, does that kind of put like a change in, the, in, in how you treat that person at that moment? Because I think today going in there and like me, when I see my private doctors, which that's another thing I want to touch on. Um, if you're going for a disability rating, you don't have to just go to the VA to be seen. And you don't have to just have your VA medical, your, your medical records from the military. If you go and you see a private doctor at any point in time and things are documented, that is all going to be forwarded along with your disability compensation uh, application. So all of that gets put in there. So for vets to come out and if they think like, oh, I have an injury, Okay, I'll, you if you go to a private doctor, you make sure you get copies of all those medical records because that's all going to be filed with your application for disability compensation. Well, that's great to know so, because a lot of this stuff nowadays is all electronic medical record based, and a lot of it yeah. now is also being uh, mandatory that you have to disclose and uh, provide all of that stuff uh, directly onto the electronic medical record, which the patient then has access to directly through an online yeah. portal. So that's becoming a lot easier now for people to be able to get a hold of those records and, and transcripts and stuff. So that should make it easier and, for the vets. And also with, by, by a patient telling you that they're a veteran, it, to me, it enables the, do the doctor or the, the person treating them to understand a little bit of the background of who this patient is. It's not just somebody that, you know, just got injured playing sports or something like that. It's somebody that could have been literally in the on the battlefield <laughs> mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be on the battlefield today because yes our soldiers are still fighting overseas in harm's way which a lot of americans don't realize still but missions are still being you know 
you know, uh, is still going down in other parts of the uh, of the world. Um, but but if you tell the, the, the doctor that, yeah, you know, I, I was, you know, I got injured in, in, in war, it doesn't matter if it was 10 years ago, because that injury could have happened in war, but through time it progressed. So I would imagine that that kind of benefits you in the medical field um, to hear that, because at least that gives you a better perspective on treating the person saying like, okay, wait a minute. So you were in the battlefield from the start, you got injured there, and now here you are 10 years later, and now your injury's gotten to this level. Does that give you a better perspective on trying to figure out like, okay, <laughs> we got to treat you this way. So in another 20 years, you're not even worse than, you know? Well, that, well, well I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it. I'll tell you that they're veterans. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you what it does actually, and I can give you a perfect example. I just had a patient actually uh, uh, today who uh, was a former um, in, enlisted uh, service member who was a, a paratrooper at one point in time and had sustained several uh, injuries to his lower. I won't get into detail because of HIPAA, yeah, yeah. but uh, sustained several uh, injuries to his lower extremities over the years. And uh, recently had a, a new acute injury pop up, um, but you can obviously tell based on our exam and evaluation that his current injury was due largely in part to the injuries that he had previously. And so in that case, this is something that occurred while he was an enlisted active duty member, and you can directly tie it to yep. that service and those instances uh, and bring it full circle to today's current problem that he had. So. Um, and, and like I said, we work very closely with the veterans and the VA. If there's any issues or anything that they need from a paperwork perspective or documentation or any type of um, resources that they need from us, we are always more than happy to provide that to them. We, we try to do that for all our patients. I don't, I wouldn't, I want, yeah, sure. I don't want to say that we go above and beyond for the VA or the military people. We try to do that for everybody. Um, it's just a different level. It's, well, it's what I'll say is that, because... that you definitely see a lot of these military people come in with what I would term as more of the acute on chronic problems, meaning that, yes, they may have sustained an injury recently, but a lot of times you can make a direct correlation when some type of old injury that probably occurred during their active duty service based on whatever job they had or whatever type of activities they were doing, whatever deployments they were on, um, whatever missions they had to do whatever type of job or task they had in the military. So you can always kind of make that connection. And I think that makes treating uh, that particular patient population much more, uh, I wouldn't say, I guess a like little bit more unique. gratifying because you can always kind of take it back and say, hey, listen, you've actually probably been dealing with this for much longer than you realize. Yep. And now we have a way that we can kind of target the treatment and get you feeling a lot better maybe than you have felt in years. So in that regard, the I think it does help. And the reason why I bring this up is is because it's so important, because if you did have an injury from the service and you're looking to go in and put in for disability compensation, and now you speak to the doctor and you let them know that, okay, you know, I sustained this in the military. Um, and, you know, because a lot of times, even if we sustain an injury, either, you know, mentally or physically, it might not really hit us, you know, till maybe later on in life. And for instance, my father, who was Vietnam vet, um, it, what he suffered from 
they tied to Agent Orange years and years ago. So here he is now, right? He was, I think my, uh, I think that was uh, 67 years old when I, I think I brought him in. I think he had his claim for about three years before he passed. But um, so it, it by tying it back, in, in his case, he was on the Agent Orange list, registry list, which is um, basically says that if you're in Vietnam and you're suffering from these symptoms, um, we're going to connect you right away to the Agent Orange. And we'll give you a disability compensation rating for that. So, but like with with us, my generation or whatnot, and the younger guys, I'm trying to say that it's important that if you believe that it started or you remember and you know that it started in in the military, um, you want to bring that up and let the doctor know. And it, it, you know, in my case, with my job. Some of my injuries now are coming into full effect now that I'm being treated for due to my job in the Air Force. And if I didn't say that to the doctor, the doctor wouldn't have maybe put in his notes. Uh, you know, this, this injury could very well could have started from his time in service, you know, performing his duties as security forces, special forces, Navy SEAL, whatever, you know. What that does is by that doctor writing that note up like that, that's going to help your claim for the VA to get a disability compensation rating. That's going to help because you need to get that tied to the military if it was definitely an injury that, you know, you dealt with in the service. A lot. Of, what it is is we're younger in the military. So we, de we tend to overlook everything like, ah, that hurt, whatever, I'll deal with it. And then later on, as we get older, 15, 10, 20, 30 years, whatever, we start that injury progressively is getting worse. And then you just walk into the doctor's office and just be like, yeah, you know, it's, my knee's hurting. And meanwhile, it's been hurting since the military. You need that stuff written up correctly. So that way it'll help you claim. Yeah. And I so think, I if, think, you uh... guys go to, if people go to the, to the private doctors, you make sure if, if an injury you definitely believe started there and that doctor can say, you know what? Yeah, that, that definitely would have it. You need to get that written in in the doctor's notes and that'll help your claim out. That's very important that yeah. a lot of guys don't realize. And they, they're, they're nervous to speak up that they're a veteran and, and you know, and, and ask, like, can you put that in the notes if you agree with what I'm saying? I'm not telling you, you know, because I know with my doctors, I just dealt with my one doctor. He said that very well could have easily started back in the military with what you're explaining that you did and this and that. So I said, Doc, if you don't mind, can you just put that in the notes for me because that'll help me out with uh, with who I got it, you know, with what I got to send to the VA. He said, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, but a lot of times we get a little nervous with asking or, you know, putting it out there that we're a veteran. And you should do that with a lot of stuff, with any type of benefit. You should put it out there that you're a veteran. Because, you know, I'm not talking about getting a free meal on Veterans Day. I'm not, if, if, if that's not your thing, that's fine. I'm talking about benefits that were set up by the government like this that could really help us out. Um, and in this case, when it's going for disability compensation, it's very important that you let doctors know, private doctors and whatnot know that you're a veteran. And even if you weren't in the battlefield, you have injuries that could have started in the military. And you might not have necessarily went to sick call in the military because you're young and you just, you just blow it off. You know? 
Yeah, and it's so, important to realize too uh, that you know um, a, a good provider, a good physician, will be inquisitive and ask those questions, and will listen to your issues, and will kind of delve a little bit deeper into that superficial layer of complaints and, and discussion, and you know ask the appropriate questions. And and also, the, a lot of times when you visit the physician, they'll have some intake forms where you can write in things that maybe you don't feel comfortable speaking about, but you can also yeah. write that stuff in on the paperwork that they give you. So you know, please do that to your um, veteran people out there. Um, and, and, and some doctors are going to be blunt and just say, nah, I don't think it would have started then with what you were telling me and stuff like that. And you know what? If that's the case and you got nothing written up while you were in, then then that's it. You know, like, I mean, but you should always put yourself out there that you are a veteran in certain instances because it, it really can make a difference, especially when you're going for disability compensation uh, and other benefits as well. Yeah. Great, man. That's awesome information, um, and it, that's really important, like you said, and I totally agree. Now, Steve, there's a, we're running out of time. I wanted to just touch base really quickly on one other facet of the armed services that a lot of my listeners might not be familiar with, and I know I'm not very familiar with it. You may have some familiar, familiar, familiarity with it, um, and that is that apparently there's a whole wide world of sports in the military. Um, can you tell yeah, me mean, a little bit about what you know about that? Yeah, I'm not going to say I know this from experience because all I did was play for my soccer, my squadron soccer team, which, you know, I think we were like one in 10 by the end of the season. But, <laughs> uh, you know, we gave it our best. But, um, I, you know, I didn't even really know about this as well. Um, I knew, like, you know, squadrons put on, you know, teams and stuff like that. And, um but the United States Armed Forces, actually, uh, if you go to United uh, Armed Forces Sports Organization, okay, it's part of uh, the Department of Defense, I believe. Uh, yeah, it's part of the Department of Defense. So what it is is basically every branch of the military has athletes that can apply, what should I say, military, that can apply to try out for these teams. Basically, from the sounds of it, is um, you could do just about, you know, any sport from archery, basketball, bowling, cross-country, cycling, marathon, judo, you know, parachuting, rugby, sailing, skiing, soccer, softball, baseball. Um, and you, you're, you're playing for the branch of the military you, that you're in, but you actually have to apply and see if you get accepted for it. And I don't know if it's like a detail like um, band. I think band was a detail, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I think you had to apply for that. And then if you get accepted, then bam, you travel the whole world to different bases for shows and put on performances and whatnot. Um, so I think the same thing goes on with uh, the armed forces sports. Um, so this is like a much bigger picture. Like you're going to be, from the sounds of it, competing at different bases. So you're going to be like on a travel team. And then they also have an international part, from what I'm understanding, where they will... I guess, compete against, like, let's just say, like, other countries, like the Brits, you know, mm -hmm. maybe, the Tur you know, Turkey, um, you know, like our allies, they, they might compete. And what, what does that do? So, you know, why do that? Well, that brings countries together uh, that have a common ground, which is something that they both enjoy, which is sports. So it could, you know, maybe bring us together a little bit better uh, on common ground. Um, and I would tell people that, yes, you see the, the collegiate um, sports, you see the, you know, 
the Air Force Falcons. You see the uh, was it Army Golden Knights? I'm not, I'm not sure. Mistaken. I'm not sure. And then uh, you know you got the the Navy team, and you know and they they're great. I mean, they're it's fantastic to watch. Um, which I think uh, you know um, sports programs should speak a, a little bit more about the armed uh, forces like uh, sports. Um, but this is on another level. So I, th I think it's awesome because they compete in all different sports and it's amongst, you know, it kind of gives like the branches like bragging rights. Yeah, it's, well. uh, it's pretty cool. I'm on, the, on the website now, it's armedforcessports.defense.gov and it gives a whole list of how you can apply if you're in the military to join one of these teams and apply for a spot on the rosters. And it lists all the uh, sports that you can compete in. Um, it has an events calendar. There's a media section. Uh, it has some information about how to apply. Uh, it talks about the history of the Armed Forces sports. Um, uh, it's pretty amazing. I never knew it existed. Most of us in the civilian population, when we think of military sports, we think of, um, you know, uh, uh, the Naval Academy. We think of uh, West Point. Uh, yep. We think of those teams that we see on the weekends competing against the other major colleges and universities across the country, but little do we realize that there is an entire organization of enlisted athletes who are enlisted servicemen who at any time could be on the front lines, but are also basically undergoing competitive sports in a variety of athletics here, and uh, probably competing at a very high level, I would imagine, as I think probably the best example would probably be the world of MMA, where you see a lot of guys that transition... Yep. Um, from active duty service members and they come out and they end up in MMA and there's been quite a few uh... one of the big ones was Tim Kennedy yeah and yeah he was a champion and he's, right? he's all over the place on social media yeah so, so everybody, it, a lot of people know him so it's legit um, it's legit for sure um, it's a whole world in the military that I never even knew existed until recently so. and it looks like if, if you go and you follow them on Facebook or Twitter they actually will have an events calendar um, so let's just, for instance, uh, said, um, May 18th of 2017. Oh, wait, my bad. Um, what was it? Uh, yeah, June 6th of 2017, they actually had an athlete application period. So they actually, it seems like what they do is they'll post on, um, the sites for upcoming, like, applications to put in. Um, so, I mean... This is something I really didn't know about when I was in the military. I mean, I was security forces. I worked nights. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it looks like a lot of stuff has been canceled, likely due to the yeah, COVID stuff. Uh, so that's unfortunate. Hopefully, they'll be able to resume that stuff once everything settles down here. But listen, Steve, we're, we're out of time. I want to thank you uh, for coming on the podcast. A lot of great information that hopefully our listeners will be able to take away something from and also maybe share with some loved ones or friends who might be enlisted or currently in the process of transitioning or maybe have already transitioned and just haven't made good use of the resources that are out there and available to them. So I want to thank I just you. Say, I just want to say one other thing real sure. quick. So when you separate from the military, you're now part of the, the veteran family. Stay in touch with your military buddies. Be a mentor to other veterans in the community. Veterans helping veterans is crucial to helping those veterans struggling to adapt to civilian life. Don't take your transition for granted. Plan can, plans can change in a flash.
though, um, if you take the necessary steps to prepare, you will be in a much better position um, for when you do come out and you enter, this, enter the civilian world. Um, and on that note, um, maybe you can have me back on someday. I would love to share a little bit more of what I'm going through with the VA, delve into more about stuff like that, and um, maybe that can uh, reach out to more vets. And I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, well, we, we love having you on. We'll definitely have you on again. Uh, we've, we've worked with a few of our sponsors now, and they've all been on the show. And uh, this has been season one of hopefully more to come. And so uh, we definitely plan on having everybody back on again, you yourself included. And uh, everybody, if you check out my website at www.theinjuredlist.com, I do have a link to the Transitioning Veteran website. If you scroll down on the homepage, down toward the bottom, about two-thirds of the way down, you'll see the logo. If you click on that logo, it'll take you right over to the transitioningveteran.com website where you can then take a look and read through all the previous blogs that he, uh, Steve has done, uh, get resourceful links to all the different uh, things that are out there to help with your transitioning process. So, Steve, thanks again for being on the show. Appreciate having Thank you, you on. And uh, on behalf of uh, all of us here who are civilians and have been civilians, thank you for your service. And we look forward to talking with you again. Thank you. Hey, this is Sean Colas with the Perkentile and Creamery. We are the premier coffee, ice cream, and dessert bar in the Charlotte metro area. We're thrilling people with our amazing interior design, our incredible customer service, and the quality of our offerings. We have a beautifully designed 1920s mercantile-themed monochromatic throwback where people feel excited by their surroundings and blown away by their treats. We're great for business meetings, families, couples, and you. Ask about our room rentals for meetings, events, or parties. We're nestled next to the Concord Mills Mall behind Verizon and in the same building as McAllister's in Concord, North Carolina. Hey, if you're in the area and you're listening to this right now, get in your car. Drive over to the Perkentile. Mention that you heard us on Brian Scott's amazing Injuryless Podcast 2020 and receive 25% off your purchase. Hey guys, are you looking to avoid injury when it comes to your finances? Talk to a professional who can help. Whether you are looking to get your financial house in order or simply looking for that second opinion, visit TrustTreeFinancial.com and schedule your free virtual consultation. Once again, that's TrustTreeFinancial.com. Coming to you soon in 2021 is going to be Devil's Advocates Sports Games. I want you guys to make sure you're following the sports page so you know how you can get involved and put your money where your mouth is. And please, guys, if you're watching the show right now, hit that share button. Let's get this show out there. I know there's a lot more people that want to get involved. Come on the show and be involved. If you want to be on and you don't want to be on uh, the camera part like uh, Adam's girlfriend, you don't have to be, right? You can just uh, type and comment on the show. You can come on audio only, like you're calling into the show. But we want more people to be heard. So check it out every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. The next person that's coming on is has his own podcast called The Injured List. We're going to bring him on next, coming to us from the Charlotte area, somewhere in the Charlotte area, right? Brian Scott, right. what's going on, buddy? How was your week? What's going on? What's new? 
Week was good. Week was good. Can't complain. Um, not much new for me personally. Uh, podcast has a new episode coming out tomorrow, and we have a special guest we're interviewing on the show. So check it out. Some interesting stuff related to sports and the military. So you guys oh. want to tune in for that. Um, we love sports and we love the military. So right. I don't know how you can't. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about some updates. And if you guys Please. have any questions, chime in on the comments below where Abe can uh, shoot me some questions if you guys want to know additional information. But starting out with some obvious stuff, um, Drew Brees still kind of up in the air whether he'll be back next week. And they play the Chiefs. So that's a pretty important game for them. Apparently, he's still waiting to get the official clearance. He hasn't, no one on the Saints has actually said whether or not he's going to play. He still hasn't practiced, from what I understand. Sounds like they might actually have a decision later this week. But as of right now, I don't. I wouldn't play him. No way. I think, to be honest, I don't think it has anything to do with the rib fractures anymore. I think it's really more just about that lung uh, and whether or not they're satisfied with whatever follow-up x-rays they've been taking and whether or not it's actually fully inflated yet and if there's any risk for making it worse. That's really what it comes down to. So um, we'll see what happens there. Um, Daniel Jones, now they took him out toward the end of the game, but if you noticed, if you're a Giants fan, he wasn't as mobile as he normally was. In fact, I don't think he even rushed at all. Uh, that was planned, though. They did. They specifically said they were going in with a game plan with no running for Daniel Jones. And I think if you're going to play him in that week, that's what you had to do if you want him to be healthy going forward. Because I think I was that, fine with that. My problem was his fumbling, not his not running. Yeah. Well, that's been an issue with him since day one. But the problem is, you know, this is a kid that. Right now, part of his success has been his ability to scramble and put in some yardage and then score some touchdowns on the ground. And if you can't do that, uh, then this is what happens. Their offense really starts to sputter, and their defense can only hold a minute so long. So hence the outcome there. Now, um, Alex Smith apparently tweaked his calf in the game with the Redskins. Yeah, I was curious about that, man, because every time you see somebody working on that man's right leg you get scared right did you yeah. hear anything about that and we've talked about this a lot on your pot on your show and my podcast now what they are saying is it's a calf strain apparently here's the problem dude that's all the only part of his leg that is left is right. basically his calf muscle he's all so, calf yeah so <laughs> he's all mean, calf. He, he, he has no like anterior and lateral compartment of his lower leg he only has like the back portion of his leg which is like, your calf so if that's not healthy, I don't know how you could throw him back in there. And from what they said, it, he seems like he might be ready to go next week. They're going to kind of take it day by day. But, man, I mean, I'm looking for Dwayne Haskins to probably get a start coming up. Uh, well, I like that's news to my ear. Uh, that's music to my ears because I do not think Haskins is any good whatsoever. I knew I know he came in and did okay, and they wound up winning that game. But as a Giants fan, I'd rather see Haskins in that lineup. <laughs> Than Alex Smith any day. It's amazing so that, how, 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 I mean, Alex Smith, it just goes to show you how talented the guy is. I mean, he's basically playing on one leg and has been off, you know, for well over a year. And yet he has brought that team back along with their stellar defense. I mean, he's brought them back to playoff contention again, which is what he was doing when he was in there before he got hurt. So, I mean, it's pretty amazing. He's actually, I mean, it just goes to show you how much of a talent he really is. Absolutely. And then, Absolutely. Um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was um, there was a pretty scary uh, incident in college basketball yesterday. Yes. 
a player on Florida, Keontae Johnson, basically collapsed. collapsed on the court face first, looked really scary, was attended to by the medical team. Uh, they ended up wheeling him off on a stretcher. Apparently he was awake and alert, but then was taken to the hospital where I guess they found him in critical condition and ended up putting him in like a medically induced coma. They haven't really said what exactly happened. And the scary thing is he was one of several players on the team that tested positive for COVID back in the summer. And some of the reports and some of the studies coming out on COVID have shown that there is some potential for possible cardiac arrhythmias and possible myocarditis, which is inflammation of the heart muscle tissue, which can cause arrhythmias, which can lead basically lead to sudden cardiac arrest. And so it is something to be aware of if you are a young person who's physically active, if you've tested positive for COVID, you got to be really careful, follow up with your physicians, ask about it. Some, some people who I know who are actively practicing frontline healthcare workers who have had COVID have been monitored and actually have shown some subtle arrhythmias on their cardiac monitoring where they had never had it before. And so you have to be really careful if that's the case with any type of strenuous activity. So I just want your listeners to be aware of that. Not a lot of the literature has really shown much because the numbers are not really there yet, but I'm guessing at some point it'll probably bear out in the in the statistics that this is probably significant. Right now it's kind of just anecdotal, but but it is a real yeah. thing. I've heard it firsthand. See, now we've seen some stuff firsthand. Um, so really scary. He seems to be doing okay. Last report was that he's actually awake, alert, FaceTiming with his teammates and stuff. So good news there. Hopefully they'll find a cause as to what happened and be able to treat him. Hopefully he'll be back. He was like a first round prospect, potential lottery pick, apparently. Really good player. Uh, with well, hopefully he'll make his way back. And, you know, hopefully it, that's not the case. It's not confirmed that that's what it was. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, it was a scary moment. And hopefully he, he gets better soon. So, again, you're watching Devil's Advocate Sports Talk. I am here live with Brian Scott. He has his own podcast called The Injured List. Speaking of The Injured List, Adam wants to know, do you know anything of what's going on with Ronald Jones of the Tampa Bay Bucks? I haven't heard much about him. I'll do a quick little search here, but I do know that McCaffrey, they're talking about possibly, again, coming back. We'll see. Um, their receiver who went out um, with a foot injury is supposed to be back. Debo Samuel, I believe, was – no, I'm sorry. That was DJ Moore. Uh, Samuel, Curtis Samuel, he's actually going to be out the rest of the year. Um, apparently the only way he comes back to play is if the Panthers make the playoffs based on the timeline that they're giving him mm -hmm. in return. Um, I haven't seen much about Jones. Uh, if you guys know what the injury is, I can probably tell you what's going on. Adam, if you know what the injury is, write it in uh, while Brian's on. Um, yeah, everybody is really down. I think everybody's fantasy playoffs have either started or are going to start this week. So these guys are scrambling to get these fantasy guys in. Uh, I'm obviously out. I, I'm terrible in my two leagues this year. But um, Daniel Jones, what would you do with his hamstring? I mean, I, at this point, I'm sitting him down, right? I wouldn't even bother starting him this week. I'm fine with Colt McCoy because seeing what happened to him last week, forget about the turnovers and the fumbles. That wasn't hamstring related. But if you have a guy that, you know, is supposed to be a running threat and he can't be a running threat. I know he still has a great arm and, and, you know, he's good in the pocket and everything. 
but at this time of year, with these rushers coming after you, you have to be mobile even within the pocket. So I'm going with Colt McCoy. What do you think? Well, I, I think you got to really kind of try to plan out the rest of the season here and figure out which games are must win and which games you have the best chance of winning and then kind of go from there. So looking forward, right, you got Cleveland coming up. Now the Browns are on fire as evidenced by last night's game, even though they didn't win. And they're playing really, really top-notch football right now. Make Baker Mayfield's on fire. Their defense is pretty pretty legit, even though they let up a, a lot of points last night. That was back and forth game. Uh, I mean, you got to look at that game and be like, what are the realistic chances that we can pull this out with Daniel Jones back there? Or are we taking a risk getting him injured where we might not have a good chance to win? And if that's the case, then I think you got to go with Colt McCoy. Now, I can't speak for the rest of the games going forward, but when it comes down to like those last few games, especially where they're going against the NFC East teams, where it could be a playoff spot. I mean, you got to have Daniel's got to be hundred percent. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. So I, I think you really got to weigh, you know, what your chances are in the next few games going forward. Now, some people would look at that and be like, well, if you don't win these couple of games, then you're going to be right. anyway. So we'll just throw them out there. And that's, I mean, that's legit, but you gotta, he's got to rest up in practice. Now at this point of the year, he doesn't need to be taking reps under center to learn. I mean, they know the playbook. They know the routine. He needs to just be getting healthy. So he needs to be in the training room pretty much all the time. He can come out and maybe warm up and throw some passes, but he should be rehabbing continuously throughout the week. He doesn't need to do much game prep, maybe just some walkthroughs at the end of the week. Uh, practice really at this point is minute. He needs to focus on maintaining that hamstring health and keeping it ready. Can he come back healthy this year if, what do you think, he sits for a week and does not? I mean, he was out two weeks. You know he was rehabbing this thing 24-7. Still looked a little, I mean, he did okay as far as him moving around and, you know, obviously he didn't run much, but he was able to play through the game. But you saw by the end of the game, he was limping a little bit and laboring on that leg. So can he get healthy before the end of the season with this? I, I mean, without a significant extended rest period, I don't think he'll ever be 100% before the season's over, unfortunately. That's just the way the hamstrings go. Um, going back to, uh, not to change the topic, but I know one of your, uh, Adam had a question about uh, Jones. Jones apparently had a pinky fracture, so his little finger. Oh, but, he's but, playing but Come here's on. the thing. Apparently, they had to put a pin in it, surgically oh. place a pin in it, which <laughs> that could really uh, dictate whether or not he plays. I mean, if you got a pin sticking out of your finger, uh, there's very it's very difficult to actually secure that and then carry a football in that hand and then maintain the stability of that fracture with the pin. So my guess is that that pin's staying in, which it, they typically do for sometimes up to six weeks. I don't know how they're going to do that. We'll see. Let me ask you a question, Brian. If you're suffering from cramps, are you able to jog back to the locker room and run to the bathroom? Or <laughs> is it typically something where you need to uh, get help and get an IV, right? Well, uh, it depends on what's cramping. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. He had the stomach cramps. I you think that's know. what they meant. I think he had the stomach cramps. And in that case, uh, you'd probably see a lot of people uh, sprinting to the nearest facility to relieve themselves of the cramps. <laughs> so, so let's put a pin in that one. Um, <laughs> the the Mets, huh? The Mets are making some noise. Got a new GM. Really close, I hear, to signing Bauer, although all of a sudden there's a West Coast team that they're not mentioning that's interested. Uh, there's another pitcher they're going after. They just signed the new catcher, McCann. So what are your thoughts on what the Mets are doing? I know you're a Met fan, so please let me know. 
Uh, it's exciting. It's a good time to be a Mets fan. I think they still got a lot of uh, good young talent that hasn't really kind of reached their full potential yet. They've got some guys that have really stepped up the last few years and shown that they can compete at a high level. And they've got a good young core that's been around and played together for quite a few years now. So the, the chips are in place. They've got uh, experienced, amazing pitching staff still, even though Noah's coming off Tommy John. I expect big things from him this year, mm -hmm. as I'm sure the rest of the staff does and he does himself. Um, this will really show you what true ownership can do now that the Wilpons are finally out of the picture. Thank God. Um, hopefully the Knicks will look at this and be like, maybe we need to get rid of Dolan somehow. <laughs> Somebody can buy their, that franchise and save them. That would be amazing because I think you'll see a big, big improvement in the Mets. And I hope that uh, it'll translate into a lot of wins and potentially some playoff runs here. Absolutely. Well, you guys can check this guy out. Please, wherever you find your podcast, it's called The Injured List. Uh, thanks for coming on, as always, Brian. Anything else before I let you go? No, nah, man, just check out the podcast. Got a new episode releasing tomorrow. Again, I got a uh, one of our new sponsors is going to be on to talk about their website, and we're going to talk about some military information and military sports and kind of some cool topic, uh, some things you might not have known before. And for those veterans out there, uh, you'll get some good uh, information and resources where you can go get some help if you're. Well, that's fantastic because anything to help out the veterans, I'm I'm all in for because, uh, you know, once they're done with their service, they definitely need help uh, getting back into uh, a flow of things in their life. So, all right, check it out, Brian. I'll see you next week. Thanks for coming by. Sounds good. Take care. All right, everybody. Thanks once again for joining us here at the Injured List Podcast. Your host, Brian Scott, one last time. I want to give a special shout out to TransitioningVeteran.com for joining us and uh, giving us a great insight into the military transitioning lifestyle and getting back to civilian life. Um, if you haven't already by now, check out their website, www.TransitioningVeteran.com. You can also find a link to their website on our website at www.theinterlist.com. Just scroll down the bottom two-thirds of the homepage, and you'll see the logo. Just click on that. It'll take you over to their website. Another special thank you to Abe Delgado over at Devil's Advocate Sports Talk Live on Facebook for having us on every week for the, almost the last year. Uh, we've been providing weekly updates related to all the latest sports injuries throughout all the sports, um, not just the NFL, although that is the primary focus. And we look forward to bigger and better things as we move into 2021 here, both for Abe's show and for the podcast. So we need help and support from you guys. All I really need is you guys to just click and on the links to the episodes, take a listen, give me some feedback on the website, Leave a rating on your podcast platform of choice. And um, I want everybody to have a happy and safe holiday season as we say goodbye to 2020 once and for all. May we never go down this road again. And uh, hello to 2021. We can all use a nice new fresh start. And I'm looking forward to it, as I know a lot of you are as well. So as always, stay safe. Stay healthy and stay active. We'll see you soon.